Welcome to 40 in a Podcast. We're talking about the Star Wars prequels and Rogue One today. So grab a beer. My name is Josh. I'm Justin. Well, let's get into it, man. Uh, first off, since we're starting off our Star Wars experience here, what do you remember? Like, what got you into Star Wars? Um, I mean, I'm, I remember as a kid watching the movies and everything like that. Excuse me. And I think, uh, I think of anything, it was like, uh, my brother, when we were younger, probably like was 13, started getting into, um, Star Wars, the, uh, the playing cards, like the, oh, uh, yeah. like the card game, kind of like magic. Yeah. I've got the introductory set to that and I never learned how to play it. I never learned how to play it either really, but I liked, I collected them just cause, cause I mean, they go through like, um, I can't even remember the droid's name offhand, but the, the bounty hunter droid who's just IG-88. You know, IG-88. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. And so it had, you know, it had that card and it had this card and it went through all these characters and it was flushed out. And then you get into, you know, there's the Star Wars encyclopedia that gives hints before even they did the prequels, it hints yep. to uh, expanded ideas of the Clone Wars and things like that. How the, uh, supposedly the, the stormtroopers were clone troopers and like all this backstory that was kind of written from, I guess, from George Lucas's Bible that was put into everything. And then, you know, of course, all this expanded things. So it's just like all the things kind of lying around and the original movies just kind of got me into it. Yeah. Um, I can remember like seeing flashes of it on, uh, you know, just vague memories as a kid watching, you know, like the Millennium Falcon fly by or, you know, on, you know, who doesn't know what a lightsaber is when you're six and you're, and you're an eighties kid, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, when I was, you'll remember this when I was 13, uh, I broke my leg and um that so um, for for my 13th birthday i got a vcr and the thx issue of the star wars the original trilogy on vhs so i had that hooked up in my room and i mean the, i had literally nothing to do my days were spent watching either the back to the future movies batman movies or star wars and playing super nintendo because i was laid up with a really bad broken leg so that's really what got me into it um playing x-wing on my computer um, oh, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter? I remember that. No, just X-Wing. I had X-Wing and I had TIE Fighter. I didn't have X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. Um, playing those games and, um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot that I could do being laid up with a bad leg. So once my mom realized that, oh, hey, he's into these movies, I'm going to get him some books so he can actually read. Yeah. Um, she picked up a couple of, like, the Expanded Universe books for me and I started reading that, which, of course, all that stuff means nothing now. Um, <laughs> since Disney wiped out the canon, but um, yeah, it's I mean, expanded universe. I mean, sub universe, alter universe. Yeah, there's it's all over the place now. I mean, there's no telling. I'll just, you know, I subscribe to a couple of YouTube channels now for Star Wars, and so whatever they tell me is canon. That's that's what it is now. But yeah, I get that. But anyway, so all right, man. Um, let's let's just get into. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it's the worst of the worst, and I'm sure it is for you, too. Let's talk about episode one, The Phantom Menace. <laughs> uh, um, I saw this movie the day it opened in 1999. Um, I just, like, seriously, this is how I felt walking away from that. Like, I remember being blow, blown away by what was on the screen. Like, you know, Darth Maul, I loved him immediately. Uh, Jimmy Darth. Darth Vader is my favorite because I like the bad guys. They're always more interesting than the good guys. And, um, you know, I thought the bat the lightsaber battles in that movie are great. The pod race was 
fun. I mean, it's a good action sequence. It's not necessarily what you want to see in a Star Wars movie. Um, yeah. Except, well, I mean, the bad thing about the pod race was the, that two-headed announcer is really irritating. I feel like one of the heads is supposed to be um, Bob Hope, and I can't figure out who the other one's supposed to be. Um, and there's some Job of the Hut fat jokes in there where he's sleeping, and I feel like oh, there's yeah. a, I feel like there's a fart in there somewhere. Um, the Battle of Naboo was interesting. With the you know, where the Gungans and the and the Nubians team up against the Droid Army. Um, but I just after all of that, after all of that, I remember walking out of the theater thinking that was really cool. But I have no idea what I just watched. Yeah, like it was just a bunch of stuff kind of cut together, and it didn't it was, really. It wasn't. It wasn't fluid at times. I mean, it no. was just like it was. There was a pit stop in the movie, and they basically, pit, you know, pit stop and grabbed another person, and you know, it just it, did, it like in parts of it didn't flow, and and like it's one of those things when you look back and you you look at the beginning of that movie and what it actually causes in the end, and you're just like, it's a trade embargo. It, that's what, it's, this how this all starts and kind of goes up a tree embargo. It's like that's that's such a loose plot point, even though you know that Cuba could say different, you know, their experiences, <laughs> but it's a loose plot point for this. And when you cut that together and then you cut them leaving and they cut you know, Gungans, and I'm gonna be honest, I, I, I miss stormtroopers after watching the droid army. I didn't think the droid army was very interesting for the most part. No, they're, I mean, and it's. I mean, you can, except, you, for the, except for the destroyers, the, the the ones that rolled around and had the shields, that yeah. was a little more interesting. Yeah, those are those are a little more fun. I feel like um, it's it's. I mean, and you're right. The, the the talk of like trade embargoes and Senate meetings and nonsensical explanations of midichlorians because the force works oh. because you have bugs that live in your blood. Um, the the subplot of getting Anakin ready to, to race is kind of boring. And the fact that a Jedi would like alter a dice game. First off, why is a Jedi playing dice? I thought these guys were supposed to have all the morals, but he cheated in a dice game. Well, and, um, and, I, I, I'll give, I'll give this to it. And I don't, I don't know if, you know, George Lucas actually did this, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn and the kind of the backstory there is that he is the, you know, the kind of a devil may care, rogue <laughs> <Jedi. No>. <laughs> <laughs> there you go uh, and you know he's kind of got it like there's a couple scenes where he's like you know uh master you would have been on the council already had you not you know stuck your thumb out and right. told him to go or bit your thumb and told him to go fuck themselves kind of thing right yeah so i mean yeah that that is in his character but at the same time it's like yeah he kind of like you know he could have saved one person like it was just a little life-altering bad kind of thing there's a lot of it's just there's a lot of dry stuff and it's going to be a lot of the same complaints I have about episode two. It's just there's so much. It's just dry. I mean, it's not fun to watch anymore. You know, there, there's the the special effects in that movie haven't aged very well. Um, even the newer ones. Granted, I just um, Darth Claus brought me all, you know, the, all the Star Wars movies on Blu-ray for Christmas. And I haven't watched the, the prequel trilogy yet, but uh and I have, actually, I haven't watched any of it yet, <laughs> if I'm being honest, because I just watched all these right before uh, The Last Jedi came out. But uh, yeah, it's it's I mean, there's uh, there's just so much to complain about. Like, I don't need here's here's something that bothers me. I don't need C-3PO and R2-D2 in this movie or any of the prequels. Really, they don't have to be there. I don't need C-3PO to have been built by 
baby Darth Vader. They could have just put him into episode three to show okay. how they came into the service of the rebellion with yeah. Bail Organa. I'll be honest. Um, if you remove C3PO from that equation, I think R2D2 works. R2D2 makes more sense. He makes a yeah. lot more sense. He's just a droid that kind of found his way through the past. You know what it is? It's the fact of the the odds are stacked against two droids doing it. It's insane. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, odd, well, yeah, and, the odds are stacked against think, one droid, but two droids just makes it absurd. I think what makes R2D2 make more sense is because he doesn't speak. C-3PO does, and, and he can recall things, and he talks about, oh, my first job was uh, programming uh, binary load lifters, much similar to your blah, blah, blah. Okay, why does why why does a protocol droid need to be built by a kid in the desert? That's the whole thing that bothers me, and, and I don't know. What was his explanation to help his mom or whatever? Uh, something like that. The whole, yeah. but, but even further than that, my second least favorite Star Wars character ever is C-3PO. He just irritates me to no end. He just Who's your first. Oh, uh, Jar Jar. I was kidding about that. I, I that <laughs> like, wait, why are you asking me that question? Um, and and the other thing that bothers me about R two D two in this movie is why does he do stuff now that he couldn't do later in the story? Why does he have a little jetpack, um, which would have come in handy several times in the original trilogy, like yeah. when he fell into the swamp in Dagobah. He could have jetpacked his ass out of there. Well, I mean, like like you see with George Lucas going over and you know doing the special editions, uh, effects beat the hell out of continuity and plot. And Correct. Like and <laughs> had he had he had he been able to say, "Oh, we can have more CG monsters or whatever," and just left like R two D two alone and kind of just you know just called it a day on that and whatever and not gave him all that stuff, it would have been better. Yeah. Yeah, actually, so I mentioned I watched this right before um, uh, The Last Jedi came out because I felt like doing a complete run of the series. Um, it was the first time in maybe like 10 years when I bought Star Wars on DVD. That was that was the last time I think I watched episode one. My daughter has wanted to watch it. She's So it's January 2018. She will be six next month. So don't hold her liking this movie against her. She's, she's a five-year-old. Um, got flashy stuff i go for that sometimes so, can't <laughs> you know, I, so it's but i I've, I've figured out a way that i can kind of feel a little bit better than with episode one and its place in this saga so the way i look at it now is if i can get my notes back in the right place so i can explain this properly here we go um episode one is no longer a part of the saga it's it's not even episode one it's just to me it's um, it, it's like a prequel to the prequels. So like, it's like an anthology film, like they're doing those now. So I'm going to start referring to this movie as Anakin colon origin of the chosen one colon, a star Wars story. So, cause later on it's, it's very rare or like, I think there's maybe one or two quick mentions of Qui-Gon Jinn or Darth Maul. Um, even other than the side stories other than, well, yeah, other than like rebels or clone wars. So if you, you know, just pretend like, it's not part of the saga now. No, oh, he's the character from the Clone Wars, and oh, they put him in this little anthology movie now. So, I mean, I haven't, dude, I haven't watched this movie in ten years, and it, it really made me realize, oh, it, it is totally fine if you just ignore it as part of the saga, because the only thing it does is introduce characters, but there's no real, there's no real meat to it that carries on, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, I mean, um, other than it's... I mean, all you get out of it is an explanation of where Anakin came from, and that's not a full explanation because no, it's not. They gave you the Jesus mantra. It's like right to be to be a full to be a full explanation. It would have to be how he was conceived by the Force, which I think it's widely theorized. I don't think even in the new canon, it's completely. They come out and say that it was due to an experiment from Palpatine, Palpatine and Darth Plagueis, yeah. some experiment that went awry, and oh, hey, now this kid's being born to some lady on a desert. Yeah. So it's you know I've, I've skipped this movie for years watching through it, watching through the uh, the whole saga and it's never really affected my experience like at all. Yeah. Um, I mean it also unfortunately explains how you get Jar Jar, which is sad because you could just <sighs> Jar Jar that would be nicer. Correct. I mean, yeah. The uh, person tattooing the pod racing everything like that. It's just, it's, it's a slow roll to figure out Jedi, you know, and then, you know, immaculate conception. And this fills a prophecy. I feel like you could, you could, you know, you could compress it down to 30 minutes and really get away yeah. with explaining it or maybe a short story, but it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like a complete min, uh, movie. And I think the one thing, the one thing that I came away with this movie from, and I go, Hey, lightsaber battles they could be right. you could move you you know not all jedis are stiff right, right. and like very because like the, the you know i love the i love the battles in in the uh the original but i mean at the same time they were stiff they were very like fencing like they wasn't a lot of like fighting action and this is like you know a lot more there's a little more acrobatics right. a lot more, it you know. it was you know i remember th- watching that in the theater when Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon just jam their lightsabers into those blast doors and start to burn a hole through it. Oh, yeah. um, so you get to see that's some of the good. There are good things in this movie. It's not exactly a redeeming quality, I would say, but they're, they're good things. Um, you know, the, you get to see what a Jedi actually does and how they do things. And, you know, other things like using force jumps and other stuff they can do with their lightsabers and what a really good, lightsaber battle looks like because dude when after darth maul kills <laughs> spoiler alert after darth maul kills <laughs> uh qui-gon jen and obi-wan just loses his mind and goes after darth maul that is an awesome lightsaber battle that is great the space battle is okay i guess it's not my favorite but um oh i think uh i think if, if you remember the parody song weird al did about this movie no it, it, there's a there's a line where it goes a uh, little kid you know did his space thing and went up space and blah 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 and that's about the way i would explain that yeah he did what you expected to marvelously kind of you know when his, his, his whole his into shit let's try spinning that's a fun trick what does this button do whoa oh man poor jake lloyd <laughs> poor that jake kid, lloyd that kid has issues now i feel he really does bad for him he really does dude he's <laughs> Like he has, like I think he's a paranoid schizophrenic, if I'm not mistaken. He does have some some serious psychological issues, and I feel bad for the kid. And I feel bad saying this next next statement when I must say I it might be Jingle All the Way more than Star Wars, but it might be fifty fifty because Jingle All the Way is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, it's not the worst Christmas movie I've ever seen. 
No, I, I still know the worst Christmas movie I've ever seen. I haven't seen it all the way through. Pretty sure we watched it at your house. I was about to ask, did we watch this at my house? <laughs> yeah. National Lampoon's 2. Yep. Eddie's Cousin Island Eddie's Adventure. Adventure. Yeah. And <laughs> I, think, I think it was a, after about 15 or 20 minutes, it was a unanimous veto, and we started watching the original Christmas Vacation and had a much better time. Oh, yeah. T- totally better time. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, so since we diverted to Christmas movies, you have anything else on episode one? Um, Not much. I mean, it was... Uh... I'll give it this. If there's any redeeming quality besides the uh, lightsaber battles, I don't think it was the all-time low of bad dialogue, and that is something that I think, especially between because I, I think I don't think it's Hayden Christensen, but you know, getting it's not on, his fault. Yeah, it's not his fault. Getting onto the Hayden Christensen, the Anakin older stuff, and Padme, yeah. that is some of the most terrible chemistry oh, dialogue ever. But the dialogue in this movie is not. The dialogue in this movie was not murderously bad. It wasn't good either. <laughs> but by comparison, I would I might give it the lesser of the three evils here. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so we're also as we're doing these, we're gonna be rating our how we put these on a on a scale of well, rating them one through nine, one being the best, nine being the worst, and we're including episodes one through eight and rogue one. Um so we're not talking about last jedi will get its own podcast but we're going to have um the next four movies after these four after this so that's there's a stay tuned for you i'm pretty sure we're both the same episode one nine nine out of nine nine. yep and throwing one more thing out there you're talking about the original um you know going to see it opening night i did see it opening night yeah i probably saw it twice i i saw every every one of the prequels i saw at least two or three times the first initial couple Mm -hmm. days I saw, so episode one, I saw opening day uh, with some people we went to school with. And then I saw it, I, dude, I think I saw it two more times. I saw it with, I saw it with some family in Louisiana and I saw it somewhere. In, I know I saw it again in, in, at home. I saw it three times and I don't, I still, I can't think of why I did that. I don't know why I did that. It was just, it was that kind of rush for it. It was kind yeah. of, the, I think there was a lot of pandemonium for it and that's why that's why at the time I thought the movies were really, really good. Oh, was, and then looking back at them, it's like I don't, I don't agree with what I thought. I don't agree with the hype I had, and right. that's what I think it was. It was a lot of hype. What I was going to say though was uh, that opening day. I remember two things. One, the people saving my spot were all playing Magic: The Gathering, <laughs> <laughs> and two, so you know there was the whole, like I said, the pandemonium, fandomonium hype. You know, the local news was out there. While these two guys, one with you know the regular lightsaber, the other one with the red double lightsaber, yeah, perfectly choreographed that like, what was it, six and a half, seven seconds of fight moves between uh, Obi Wan and Darth Maul that was in the oh, trailer. Man. Yeah. Those are the two things I remember from that that premiere. Um, there's a documentary you may want to check out if you can find it. I used to have it on DVD, but when I purged a bunch of my movies, um, I got rid of it. Uh, uh, it's called Star Wait. It's about the people who wait in line for Star Wars movies, and it's the people waiting in line for Episode Two. Have you ever seen it, dude? It's flipping no. amazing. If you think, if you think we're nerds, these people are some some solid. Uh, they're 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 solid, dude. I mean, they're super Star Wars nerds. That's gonna go on the list. 
<laughs> no, but um, uh, just think about this. There was probably there's probably a good amount of movies that were made specifically about just like the you know the I know there's a lot of documentary, but I'm thinking about if you ever seen the movie Fanboys. Oh yeah, I think I have it somewhere. Good movie, but uh, pretty good. No, no, it's like that was that, that was the premise of it. It was uh, one of them was going to die, and they were all they were all going to go uh, make this trip to what is it called Skywalker Ranch to, yep. to get George Lucas to let him uh, let him really see the movie. Yeah, I actually like that movie better than I liked. <laughs> um my episode one experience like my first viewing it was like as soon as we left as soon as school let out we went to the tinsel town down off of 290 in houston oh yeah um and we stood out we already had tickets but like we snuck in whataburger and um so my my was a friend of ours and his girlfriend and she uh she's like can i have a bite of your burger and i'm eating like a double dude this is back when i could eat for days. Yeah. Um, this is one of the things that sticks out about that night. The most to me, uh, she's like, can I have a bite of your burger? I haven't had anything. And I drove you here and this, that. I'm like, fine here. I have a bite. Dude, this girl, skinny little thing took, I like ate a third of my burger in one bite. And I was just irritated the whole rest of the night about it. And I was so pissed off, dude. <laughs> Cause that's <laughs> don't, don't mess with the Texan and his water burger. I will, exactly. I will cut you. Anyway, so that was my yeah. There was that night, and then I saw, I saw the other two prequels in the theater. I saw one of them overseas when I was in the military. It was episode three. I saw. Um, I've seen the original trilogy in the theater, kind of. It was the special editions. Um, I never got to see the special editions. I wish I would have been able to see those in the theater. That's it's that's my weird way of being able to say yes. I saw the original tril- trilogy in the theater. Yeah, and then the newer ones. Yeah, I've seen all those. But anyway. Uh, let's talk about episode two, Attack of the Clones. Yay! If, if we must. So, literally, the first thing I have under episode two, Attack of the Clones, is OMG boring. <laughs> Before yeah. I write anything, I just put OMG boring. I had to look it up a little bit because I wasn't, I couldn't, I was trying to place some timelines and everything like that. I'm just thinking about it. It's like there was all the junk where they're on the boo. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of walking and talking. There's a lot of walking. There's a lot of Senate meetings. Um, Senate meetings. The the one the one section of talking that I actually kind of enjoy is when Obi Wan goes to Kanino to meet the cloners. The uh, tall neck uh, giraffe, uh, purple people. I just yes, I just like I like the tension there, Kaminos. like the, the tension there between him and uh, the people on in the cloning facility was interesting and then when he meets Django Fett which also you know who else I don't need in these tri- prequels Django Fett I don't need him in there why do we have to have an origin story for him? and that you know what let's let's fast forward a little bit to to the backlash on episode 8 this is part of the problem we have a backstory for literally fucking everyone everyone down to the droids which is why everyone's so upset when there's no backstory for your main character. Yeah, that's true. We don't need it. You don't have to have, dude, no one knew the emperor's name. Nobody knew his name unless you went out and read comic books or novels from the original trilogy. You did not know his name or any of his backstory. It took, it took episode one coming out and a thinly veiled. Oh, that's who that is. 
I, I I do have to admit I do like when they when they take a backstory and they actually kind of create a universe for it because uh I think because I mean I've watched some of the things and stuff like that the whole Mandalorian thing is like that's Mandalorian's extremely cool. yeah it's extremely interesting but I don't think I yeah I'm gonna agree with you, you don't need Django Fat it could have been uh, we found this homeless guy who looked in really good shape and we stole his DNA or, I would have been okay with why that did it, why did it have to be Django Fat it could have been just a dude could have been some dude you're right i mean not necessarily a homeless guy but it could have been some badass soldier or it could have been you know what i mean here's my thought and this is kind of something that why didn't they just clone jedi well I mean, nobody no, ever thought because, just clone well, jedi think, think of who started the clone army that's why they didn't clone jedi they could have cloned secret Siths. you know i would have taken no, that's that. true too they could have cloned maul that would have been something have an army of darth mauls how would he put on the helmet, though? Hey, he doesn't need a helmet. Uh, fitting a helmet is a problem, <laughs> part of that problem. He'd have, have a custom-made helmet. Uh, anyway, so episode two, Attack of the Clones. Um, other than other than that, like I mean, like there's there's a weird like there's there's a <laughs> this is one of the notes. I'm gonna read it to you. Count Dooku having a table meeting with the bad guys to make sure everyone on board is boring. <laughs> so when he's like, you remember that when he has like the the trade guy they're all sitting around at like a giant conference room table i remember that just because that one guy that was like he's trying to say something and then he has to adjust his you know his auto tune to whatever kind of like kind of like you do every time we try to record a podcast yeah. <laughs> you know what i don't have anything on my chest and i'm going to build something in my chest just for that feature we're going to come back next time and justin's going to have like a little cardboard box robot outfit he had like it's weird goggles and shit too but yeah no. uh there was that what else um, oh, what do you think about uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi meeting with an intergalactic fry cook at Space Denny's? <laughs> I don't think it was necessary, but when I look back at it, it's just like, leave it in there. I mean, of all the stupid things you could leave in there, might as well just leave that in there. Intergalactic fry cook at Space Denny's. I kind of want to eat at Space Denny's now. It's like actually, I would I was gonna say that might be the best restaurant in the universe, but the best restaurant in the universe is the uh, is the restaurant at the end of the universe. Is that a restaurant at the end of the universe? Not from uh not from that, but the the one from Spaceballs. It's it's a reference to the restaurant at the end of the universe. It is okay. The, I, I was, I, yeah. yeah, no, that would be my favorite restaurant in the universe. By yeah. Um. Or what about uh, Obi Wan and Anakin? Or was it this movie? Yeah, it was this movie. Um, oh, we want an Anakin running into that bar to find the guy who was trying to kill Padme. Oh, and, and, it, and someone it, tries to sell him death sticks. No one knows how to name drugs. You want some death sticks? Like, no. Yeah. Who, even even if I wasn't, even if I liked drugs, I wouldn't want death sticks. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Thanks for the lesson, Uncle George Lucas. Say no to drugs, kids. <laughs> Ugh. And it was worse was he was like a giant Furby of a human being too, you know, a little hair and then, little, <laughs> yeah, he just no, that was terrible. Yeah, it was bad. Um, and this is where you know we were talking offline about this, or no, we were talking online about this, where the poor acting really shines out in this. And it's I don't think it's necessarily the actor's fault. I mean, Hayden Christensen really isn't that bad of an actor. Neither neither is Natalie Portman. Um, I mean, heck, look at a uh, uh, Owen McGregor. He's a good actor, but he had some poor lines in this movie too. Um, it's like, it's like it's, someone writing lines that say, "Go blind duck, go take poo," and you're just like you're so you're paralyzed <laughs> by the fact of I don't 
I, I, I like no, act it, act it, act it. Duck go poop happy. I, I no, I'm just yeah. yeah. If you can't get into your lines a little bit and get into your character and it's, understand what they're doing, you're not going to emote very well. Um, yeah, it's it's poor direction and the scripts are kind of boring. I mean, uh, it's and when, it's not Hayden Christensen's fault. I mean, Anakin's he's boring, dude. I mean, he. Uh, he was a young actor. I guess he didn't have much pull on how to how to no. develop his character. I mean, the whole romance subplot with Padme is just uncomfortable and boring to watch. Yeah. Well, look at it this way. I think I think the way George Lucas wanted to portray it was a whiny little child, and I think he got that out of Hayden Christensen. Well, no, he got that more out of Jake Lloyd than he did Hayden Christensen. Um, Hayden Christensen should have come off, which he does later, but at first he needs to be more angry. I mean that's yeah, the two was, emotions. The two emotions that that push Darth Vader are anger and fear. He should be like you know Bruce Willis. You know, lost my shoes, angry. Instead, he's like, uh, <laughs> um, Mom won't take me to see uh, what's the most emo band I can think of. Mom AFI. Won't take, <laughs> Mom won't take me to see AFI. Let me wear wear makeup for the first time. I'm like 13. <laughs> that's the angst and energy you get out of him, rather than the really freaking pissed off kind of thing like the baddest dude in the in the entire galaxy yeah he's that's exactly what you're missing um so he there's was, that he was a lot more stoic in the uh, actual cartoon he well he's a little more i would say he's a little more gallant gallant and stoic and not angry in the cartoons for most of the part but like it was a it was a vast improvement to what they did with the character and the live action stuff i'd agree with that um, good things in this movie. I do like um, the battle inside the arena on uh, Geonosis, the bug planet. Um, I like the Geonosians. That was just that's kind cool. of interesting. It's a cool alien. It's a cool character. Yeah. Um, the the thing in the droid factory was kind of cool. Um, and the fight, the confrontation. I mean, I mentioned that earlier. The confrontation between Jango Fett and Obi Wan Kenobi was kind of fun. You know, where they're on the on Kanino. Um, but the, the highlight of this movie for me, and I remember seeing it in the theater and just cracking up laughing, not because it's funny, but because you would have, I never expected to see it was Yoda and Dooku in a lightsaber fight. And he's just flip flopping and back flipping and bouncing off the walls and stuff. I that, that, never would have thought a, that was a payoff. That was a really big payoff. Yeah, it was, it was pretty huge. And I mean, I would have never thought cause I mean, in, all we knew of him up to that point was, yeah, he was in episode one, but he was on the council. You didn't see him do anything. Yeah. And then, I mean, you see him in uh, episode or uh, Empire Strikes Back. And I mean, yeah, he has force powers. He uses, you know, he picks up the X-Wing out of the swamp. All he really does in Return of the Jedi is kind of die and turn into a force ghost. But you never saw him pick up a lightsaber. You never saw him fight anybody, which finally. I'll give credit to the... Uh... Uh, Revenge of the Sith makes sense of that, where he loses his lightsaber and just kind of goes on with it. Oh yeah, but I like I kind of like um, because it fits Yoda's character to just kind of like decrepitly walk in and then yeah, you know your freaking Mexican jumping bean and ten seconds after that. <laughs> and the only the only logic I can put behind that is is he just uses the force to guide his lightsaber, and that happens to cause him to flip around and do all kinds of crazy jumps and backflips and things. I was thinking a little bit on the other side. It's like he can do all that, and he has that kind of, you know, strength and acrobatics and dexterity. He just looks he he <laughs> proceed kind of like a drunken master kind of thing, or kind of just like hiding yourself. It's like 
he gives off the perception that he has n- no ability to move that fast. He's just he's clouding kind of, you know, what the people's perception of how strong he really is in that kind yeah. of area. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like what he did to Luke on Dagobah. He came out acting like a crazy, weird. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was going to do. And then, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that was the big payoff for me in that fight was to see Yoda do something cool, which he, it's, it, he does better in the next movie. But to see that initially was pretty surprising. And then he just drops everything and picks up that giant. What was it, a boulder or something that was going to fall on Anakin? I think it was the pylons or something. Yeah, whatever that big piece was. Yeah, it was good to see him in actual action. Yeah. Also, I was going to say the person with the best lines in this movie is the pair, the one that uh, Anakin (laughs) magically sends over. You know, he's using the force to send over to Padme. And like that scene's so terribly, like graphics wise, but that pair has the best lines in that movie. But if Master Obi Wan had seen that, he would have been very grumpy. Is that? That's uh, what he says. I probably YouTube it right now. That's what he says. He will be very grumpy. Let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. When's the last time you read read your daughter a bedtime story? Tonight. Yeah, that's that's probably the same dialogue that's in there, isn't it? <laughs> she has. He actually has some better stories than that. <laughs> and Papa Bear was very grumpy. <laughs> Yeah, bear and stain bear books, man. That's how it goes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with children's writers could have beat out the uh, some of the dialogue writers for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad, dude. I'm I'm giving Attack of the Clones eight out of nine. It it, bar- it barely edges out episode one. It's the uh, the Gian Ocean fight scene. That's probably what does it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's not there's not much else that kind of like cements that. And like, that and it's it's that and it's Yoda. And the uh, what, what was the other ones? Uh, the Canino Camino. Oh yeah, Can you, that the the scene on Canino with the cloners. Yeah, that was probably one of the other scenes that was in. Yeah, one of the other kind of areas yeah. that was interesting. Other than that, yeah, no. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm on the same wavelength. I, I missed Squirtum earlier because I forgot parts of that movie, but yeah, yeah <laughs> going with an eight. Yeah, it's it's an eight. So, all right, let's let's talk about episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Now, before I before I get into anything, I have I have a question to ask you. All right. Do you know the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to turn to the dark side. Hang on. It should be interesting. Nothing. No. All right. Um, anyway, that's the favorite of the prequels for me. Which, so I mean, like you know, before before we get to the end of it, I mean, if we're going on a on grading these one through nine, like this is number seven for me, but it's, it's a wide, a wide margin between this and episode two. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, let's just go with the easy one. You get the payoff of uh well, half payoff. Of, <laughs> I'm going to go with Obi-Wan disemboweling or uh, yeah, you know, cutting off all the limbs of uh, Anakin. And then Anakin screaming like a like a little bitch on fire <laughs> as he barbecues on the on the shore of that lava river. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a payoff. the The uh, transformation of Vader was a payoff until you know he decided to <laughs> speak, and then it went downhill. So, uh, Vader is my favorite fictional character, like of all time. His entire arc of good guy to bad guy to redeeming himself at the end 
he's he's got the best he's my favorite backstory of any character in star wars they ruined him the minute he screamed no when he walked off of that table that he was clamped to but they he got a little bit of redemption by just destroying everything around him with his rage and anger of finding out that padme was dead yeah i really kind of wish his so if you if you look into any of that i haven't read the the darth vader comics yet i want to start buying the collections and reading through them because there's some really awesome stuff in there and i think that's where you learn some of the stuff about what his suit actually feels like for him to wear it's very restricting um the inside of it like itches what's what's left of his skin like it's just uncomfortable like it's constantly i feel like you know if you have like a burn and it itches that's what his whole body feels like all the time so it's he's constantly pissed off by it um, and I kind of wish that you got to see a little bit more of the abuse that Palpatine gives him, um, especially after he lost to Obi-Wan on Mustafar. Um, you know, it, if you could have somehow seen him stringing along Anakin as he just suffered writhing in pain when people were ready to help him, but Palpatine said, no, let him suffer or something like that. I wish it would have been more sinister. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, outside of that, his, his turn was actually handled pretty well. Him going, you know, <laughs> for lack of a better term, like his him going full dark side and killing Jedi and younglings was really deep. I mean, he he choked his he force choked his pregnant wife because he couldn't handle his emotions. He thought she was, you know, being manipulated by Obi Wan. Um, that yeah. was that was awesome. I also kind of think that his. That the movie should have been like chopped up and put back together differently. Like him turning to the dark side should have been when he killed Count Dooku. Like after he killed Count Dooku, he should should have been like immediately manipulated. He's like More a sleeper so. agent kind of thing at that right, point. Right. Yeah, that like makes it, sense. Like, you know, maybe during the fight, Palpatine could have been um manipulating him emotionally or something. And then during that fight, he kind of turns into Anakin's new master and then he kills Dooku and that's it. That's, that's how I would have fixed a lot of the stuff in the prequels. But yeah. that's, I think that's I, just one thing. You could have, uh, you could have uh, done it the way you, you did originally do it, but I don't think they did it with this intention. You could have teased that and like, kind yeah. of like not like, and not even told you yes or no, that was the point he turned, but kind of tease it and kind of, uh, give you the suspicion that, okay, he killed Dooku and he's bad now. He's just kind of a sleeper just waiting to be, you know, you know, he's already flipped sides. He's just waiting for the moment and you don't kind of see a thing. But I mean, yeah, I mean, rather than when it happened and it's like, because like that's something, that's something that never made sense to me. It's like the Jedi is supposed to be the good guys. And this is uh, this is something that I think directly you can translate all the way back to or all the way to forward to Last Jedi, but the Jedi are supposed to be the good guys, and yet you know it's like he wants them to stand trial, and you know Mace Windu's just he's literally nope, we get to kill this guy, we got to kill this guy, just like this obsessive kind of like kill 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 thing. Well, it's not just that. I mean, it's he... less and less about the uh, order of it all. Windu had a point though. I mean, he he had manipulated everybody. That's why the that's why the title of episode one is the Phantom Menace. He's 
the fan, he's the one pulling the strings. He's the puppet master, I guess, behind the scenes. So he had control of the Senate. He had control of, I guess, I don't know if they mentioned courts or judges or anything like that, but he was, he was in control of all that. So yeah, Windu probably saw through all that and knew that he had to kill him. Excuse me. So that's, I agree with Mace Windu, but then again, Samuel L. Jackson, I'm not going to argue with the man. Yeah, well, the guys, he basically said, I want a purple lightsaber, and nobody said no. So they just go, Samuel L. Jackson asked for a purple lightsaber. Somebody pull that out of your ass real quick. Huh? <laughs> I know. I wish he would have had a wallet, though. That would have been a great throwback to uh, Pulp Fiction if he had a bad MF wallet. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> there's probably a fan edit with that somewhere. Uh, I mean, there's, my, I mentioned quickly, this is my favorite of the prequels, but it's, it starts out with a with some good action that space battle over Coruscant. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good lightsaber fights, uh, and, and not only do you see how manipulative Palpatine is with him pulling strings on the Senate and with Anakin and, and just the Jedi as a whole, really, but you see how powerful that dude is. Like even before the. Uh, what you know, was it? I know what you're talking about. And like, uh, are you talking like Jedi power or are you talking about like just his, his force powers? Yeah. Yeah. The, the scene from the trailer where it's just like, he, he couldn't really see what it was, but you just kind of see the cloak or whatever he's wearing and just him jumping over the table. Mm -hmm. And that first attack, I was like, that caught your eye. That really caught your eye. You're just like, oh, when he, when he, I don't know what happened, but that looks great. Kind of thing. When, he, when he like leaps across the room, like a missile with his lightsaber out. Oh yeah. No, that was, that was <laughs> there's like some incoherent screeching just rah, and he flies. Yeah. That was, and he took out like four Jedi, like immediately. Um, that was freaking awesome. The, the fight with him and Yoda was great. Him versus um, uh, Mace Windu was an awesome, awesome lightsaber fight. Uh, Man, there's what else is there going on in this movie? It's just it's there's a lot of talking in this movie too, but a lot of it is is Palpatine, and when when he's just talking and being Palpatine, I'm just enthralled by him. Like he's <laughs> he's hey, he, you know, he, he's smooth. He's definitely he's got a he's got that very very reserved, charismatic kind of thing going on for him. Where mm -hmm. it's like he's gonna slow talk you, but. You, you're not look, you're not nodding off. You're paying attention. Yeah, he, he um, probably he probably might have the uh, he might probably be the better actor out of the entire entire prequels. If I had to think about somebody, he might end up being the one because it's like he wasn't him, him or Owen McGregor. Movie. I'd say. Yeah, I mean that'd be probably the only other one, unless you count Yoda. <laughs> that's Frank Oz, dude. <laughs> that's yeah, all that's Frank. What I'm saying, yeah, but I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, him so uh him slowly kind of like yeah, when you're what you were opening question was is like you ever heard about Darth, Darth Plagueis the Wise. Which which <laughs> always felt like an uncovering moment to me, but um, I guess Anakin it's still it's still that's the other before. thing. Yeah. Anakin, Anakin was so dumb he couldn't pick up on it. Like yeah. if he's telling me a story about a dead Sith Lord, maybe this guy could be the Sith Lord we've been looking for for three movies. I don't know. Maybe just you know, maybe maybe he's not a Sith. Maybe he just hangs around. You know, he's familiar. That's it. You know, he's okay, but he he just has some bad friends. I don't yeah, I could know. He'll come around one of these days. Yeah. Um, to your point of the uh, talking about, um, he should have turned when um, he killed Count Dooku. Yeah, I think about the, like 
the next kind of like time that they kind of missed that and kind of where he kind of turned was uh what did he kill was it uh was it a bunch of sand people that he killed uh yeah after after his mom died racist when you say it like that (laughs) but (laughs) yeah we went back because they they had kidnapped his mother and he just goes in and slaughters the whole village that was the kind of rage like thing that yeah you're talking about and but it didn't really kind of it didn't really it, it was just a precursor it wasn't like something in wait yeah, and this is actually one of the very few backstories in the prequels that I don't mind is <clears throat> uh, the whole uh, Owen and Baru. Yeah, back where they where they go to the moisture farm and they find out. Oh, okay, so she married this random farmer. Okay, so I you know I kind of get it now or whatever, but that's like one of the few. Okay, that's how Luke winds up on Tatooine. Um, think that's that's fine with me. Uh, the whole talking to them was kind of, it just felt uncomfortable with Anakin going to see them. I don't know. I kind of thought he was going to kill them, but then I'm like, no way he can't because they're in episode four. <laughs> it was just kind of, I don't know. It was kind of strange. That that seemed to me as strange. He, he felt indifferent to him. I think that was yeah. like, I think that's kind of what they wanted was, you know, to show how indifferent he is to people and how cold he really could be if necessary and just kind of, right. But I mean, I don't know. I, I thought it was like, yeah, I'll agree with you. I think it was a good backstory there. And it's kind of like, well, how the hell? Yeah, I mean, they had to do it somehow because either they, you know, because you think if, as young as he was, if they had just kind of given him over, they would have done the same thing like with uh, with Leia and just told her, you know, Bill O'Connor is your father. There you go. And just said, Larm. Yeah, but then. Your, your but that's. That raises questions to me, and I've only been thinking about this like the past couple of months. How is Leia a princess? Okay, so her mother, her real biological mother, was elected queen, but then she wasn't a queen anymore after her term was up and she became a senator. But then she is adopted by a senator from Alderaan. He's not royalty, so why is she Princess Leia? That's what I'm thinking. I'm wondering if Bail Organa actually is. I'm about to Wikipedia the hell out of this. Why is Leia called Princess? Let's see what the Google says. There you go. His His wife is a queen. Yeah, Serene Highness Prince Organa. So that makes sense. That's that's kind of what I assumed for a long time. I just never looked it up. Yeah. I don't think she could be considered a princess by birth since her mother, Padme Amidala, was no longer queen of Naboo at the time of Leia's birth. All right. Well, I learned something tonight. Well, and and so, do you, uh, what was the what was the part where Luke asked Leia if he if she remembers her mother? Yeah. Well, just feelings mainly. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I always assumed that. Like, so this is this is one of the Organa's wife she's remembering, if anything. This is one of those plot holes that's filled by the expanded universe. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's more. I can't think of any because it's it's late and I've got a newborn, so nobody in this house is sleeping anyway. Um, but yeah, it's. It, I mean, it, seriously, for the past couple of months, I'm like, why in the hell is she a princess? Because her mom was elected, but she was a queen. But then she was a senator, so she wasn't the queen anymore. But then her adopted dad was a senator. What the hell's going on? Like, it, I've been up late a lot lately, so that's probably <laughs> why. Anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, so episode, go back to episode three. What do you, 
episode Grievous is, or episode Grievous, General Grievous. Um, it's kind of a hit and miss character with me. I liked Grievous. I liked Grievous because it was like, you know, they kind of got the idea that he killed some Jedis. He's kind of a badass, you know. Yeah. He kind of had that like that proto Darth Vader kind of feel because he's like he's coughing. He's you know yeah. some kind of being. I don't know what he originally was. I'd have to look that up maybe. But he was some kind of being. You know, he's augmented by. And it kind of shows you what the future or what the future holds for cyber or what the current time holds for cybernetics and kind of right. where that kind of goes from it there. could go yeah yeah i wonder what he was originally that's a good question the four lightsaber thing he did was a bit much but he is he is kind of a cool little cyborg so, thing i don't think it was over the top because it wasn't like he wasn't really good with it you know because he lost what two hands he lost two hands in that yeah. So it's like that was the thing. He was just it was more robotic. It was more that I have four lightsabers and I can spin to yeah. them like crazy. So it's like and I'm going against then, a Jedi with one lightsaber. So it didn't it didn't downplay the Jedi's skills. And I like But that. then a couple of well placed well, granted, he did rip his chest cavity open, but a couple of well placed blaster shots took care of him. That's true. <laughs> oh, I yeah. enjoyed the giant lizard. A giant Gi- lizard. Oh yeah, that was a cool lizard yeah. on that. Oh man, I forgot where they were. When that happened, but yeah, that was actually pretty cool. Where they had like the pit of death from Batman, uh, Dark Knight Returns <laughs> or Rises. What is it? What was the third one in that movie? Uh, Dark Knight Rises. I can't, I can, couldn't yeah. think of the name of the movie. You know what I'm talking about? Where <laughs> the pit, that prison that's kind of what that whole that whole place looks like to me. Oh, yeah, no, it was basically if you just built homes in the middle of it, it was like, it was like if you took, if it's like if you took the pit. And added Avatar to it. <laughs> Take one part Batman pit, one part Avatar. <laughs> boom! You get you get you know that scene of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Here's twenty minutes of Revenge of the Sith for you. <laughs> yeah, that's what it reminds me of. So anyway, All right. um, so that's, I have a that's the here. prequels. Right, hold on, please. If you take that lizard scene uh-huh. and pull it out of Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. and play. The casino scene <laughs> in <laughs> Last Jedi. I think you fix. I don't know how. To, I don't know how to t- I don't like tie that in plot wise. But I so, think you fix so much weirdly enough. So if you replace the the horses, the horse race with like racing giant feather lizard things, then that fixes. And a and, Last Jedi. and a giant uh, and a, and a uh, Batman pit. Yeah, a Batman pit and a cyborg so instead of with throwing, four, four lightsabers. So instead of throwing. Ray, uh, Finn and Rose into jail with Benicio del Toro. They just should have thrown him in the Batman pit with um, Razal Ghul's daughter and Bane. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch of other psychopaths. That's all you need. Well, let's put it this way they threw, they threw, uh, they threw Boba Fett in, the, in the, uh, the Sarlacc pit, and that helped, I guess. I think. I don't think that helped anybody. Helped Han. It did help on and Lando. Yeah, it really did. Anyway. So, I mean, there you go. Replace, replace the races with a pit. And, you know, we all, I think we could have done something there. There you go. So those are the prequels. Uh, my overall prequel gripes would be the wooden acting, which I believe the, the, that falls firmly on the shoulders of George Lucas with his poor direction and writing. There's an over-reliance on CGI it looks way too processed, dude, and it has not aged well to me. It's boring. Uh, and I would have actually loved to see more of the actual Clone Wars on screen. Yes, yeah. more of the animated stuff, but I wanted, you know, it would have been like a nice live action to see 
Anakin and Obi-Wan leading like a platoon of clone troopers into battle or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's I like what I would the, like to see. I like the things that filled in and it's not a, it's not more than like, you know, one hand kind of thing. It's like, why are there not more Jedi? Um, all right. Order 66. Right. Um, how did Luke and, Le- or Luke and Leia end up where they're at? And you know, what happened to their mother kind of thing? You know, you just kind of guessed on that. Filled yeah. in that. Um, I already knew, I already knew from a lot of other backstory and everything like that. Exactly. And you know, the original movies gave you the just easiest idea of, uh, of how uh, Anakin became Vader, but it did fill in that gap of, you know, right. that whole battle. It's yeah. Um, but it's like, but I mean, you, if you chop that up to the things that answered, you could have done, you could have done most of those within a 30 minutes time span. Right. And instead we have three, almost two and a half hour long movies. I forget the runtime one of them, but they're long, long movies. I think, I think in retrospect, you probably could have, if you would have redone them a little bit, fixed some of the things in here and there and fixed the dialogue, you could have chalked it down to maybe two movies, maybe one long movie. Let's see. Kind of gone on. Um, episode one is 136 minutes. So that's two hours and 16 minutes. Yeah. Episode two is 142. So that's two hours and 22 minutes. And episode three is uh, two hours and 20 minutes, 140 minutes. Um, and, that, I mean, yeah. and they're literally answering very simple questions. The first one is where did Anakin come from? Mm-hmm. How, did, how did he get on this journey? Second one was literally how we got all the things in between that happened and, you know, basically carrying a story for like 10 minutes. And then the third one is just how you get Vader and yeah. what of the Jedi. The, uh, something that's helped me kind of come to terms with these prequels. Granted, I don't watch them as much as I watch the original trilogy or even like episode seven. I think I watch more often than the prequels. Um, I think it was Kevin Smith said this, that like the way to look at the prequel trilogy is not as, the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker, but as the fall of the Jedi, because they were too blind to see what was going on around them. It's their failure is what you're watching. You're not watching the rise of Darth Vader or the fall of Anakin Skywalker. You're watching them just bottom out, which is exactly what Luke is talking about in episode eight. Oh yeah. No, like, yeah, I totally agree with you there. So as soon as when I, when I heard him say that the first time I saw episode eight, I was like, yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. But then people lost their mind. They're like, no, you did fail. Yeah, they did. They did. I think, no, they totally did. No, Giant evil empire took over the galaxy. I'm pretty sure they lost. Well, I mean, like the, the easy one, and I think the thing that's all overlooked and they kind of touched on Last Jedi was it's like, you know, uh, I guess they didn't do it a whole lot, but it was a little bit in there, kind of sub as, you know, balance to the forest means balance, not balance. light. Not one side. Yes. Exactly. Absolutely. And, yeah, the arrogance of, I mean, he even says the arrogance of the Jedi, and yep. I think that lives up to it right there. So, I mean. That's exactly it. Yeah. So, no, if you want I, to see what Luke was talking about in episode eight, watch one, two, and three. So, I mean, anyway. I think it's I think it's precursor stuff. I think you need to do it. And I think the one thing, like, if you get anything out of those movies that's, you know, extremely interesting and, ex- and great is, uh, and you're going to look at me funny when I say this, is you get Jar Jar Binks. You don't not, the, have... not 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 the Jar Jar Binks character, but um, Ahmad Best. The work he did just for Jar Jar Binks and the mm-hmm. kind of over. That's how we get Hulk. That's how we get Snoke. 
Um, yeah. the, the actual guy that played Snoke, uh, he was he he was oh, Andy Circus. Andy Circus. He was yeah. recently honored with with moving that technology along. I, I forget what the name of the technology is, but they motion kind of, capture. Motion capture. Thank you. He was, but a mod best doing Jar Jar was like the precursor to to a lot of those technologies. You're right. And you get a whole thing out of that, and that's something to take from it as a as a movie and not as a not as a plot not as a as the movie into itself the movie outside of itself i think yeah. you get that i think you get you know some other kind of interesting things out of it but yeah it's <laughs> it's if you're going to be a completionist yes watch one through three if you want to watch it for you know stuff that leads into the original trilogy watch two and three if you don't like anything boring and if you don't want to get that kind of slow backstory, then just watch three because I don't think you're going to miss out on all that much. Watch three and then watch Rogue One and New Hope because you know what, dude? This was the first time that I watched three, Rogue One, and then four or New Hope, whatever you want to call it. And the transition between those three movies is pretty great. If you haven't watched all three of those in order yet, do yourself a favor. Yeah. I might have to do that. I'm just thinking about it. I'm just thinking about it. It's like, I've seen Rogue One a few times, but I haven't, you know, watching New Hope at right after that. That's, uh, I mean, it's, that's like I a direct transfer. You know, it's like, it is. It absolutely is. And the way I did, I mean, I was, um, so leading up to The Last Jedi coming out, I had a sinus infection. So I was sleeping upstairs in like my room up here that has my TV and movies and everything in it. And um, I had bad sinus infection. And then after that, my kid was sick, so I was up giving her medicine at night, and I didn't want to wake up my wife who had to go to work the next day. So I'm like, fine, I'll just take care of the kid. So I had, like, I was watching a Star Wars movie every night as before I'd go to bed. And after I watched Rogue One, then I'm okay, here comes New Hope. And I was like, oh, man, just the transition of this. I didn't watch them, like, back to back to back because I do have other things to do. But, um, I mean, even just, like, you know, watching them in episodes daily, just seeing the transition between the three is pretty great because when you see Darth Vader pop up in Rogue One um, after watching him walk off that table and then you see him briefly at the yeah. end watching the construction of the Death Star uh, and then you see him, I mean, just full force in Rogue One because that the last two minutes of that damn movie, oh, man. Oh, seeing him just go completely ape and just kill all those rebels was great. It's fantastic. So let's talk about Rogue One. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, if you can't tell, a, I really love that movie. Yeah, no. I'm going to give you a call for it because it's fresh in my mind because I was watching this today. Mm -hmm. um, and Jen Arso is uh, going through the catalogs on the uh, the planet with all the data stuff. Yeah. She, says, she goes through and she actually makes mention of a technology to track people in hyperspace. Yes. Yeah, somebody I was watching a YouTube video and they pointed that out today. I was like, that's classy. There's that, and she also mentions, oh man, there's several others. Like a lot of that stuff has connections to the original expanded universe. Like Pax Noel is something. Um Stardust. What's one of them? One of them mentions one of the ones she mentions like in a video or something I saw briefly mentions it. it, it the technology is something about using a star's energy to destroy other planets. One of the things I like about this movie is what I don't like about some of the stuff in the prequels is there's a lot of familiar faces, but I don't feel like it's all fan service. 
like there's actually a point to these people being here aside from the quick little r2d2 c3po cameo towards the end um you know tarkin has an actual role bail organa has a role mon mothma darth vader um these are all people that serve a purpose in the movie yeah um you know albeit i mean bail organa is pretty brief um but it's it's i think it was kind of good that they actually wove them into the story of what happens between three and four no, it's good. I mean, they're there at that point in time. They're a big part right. of everything. Um, the thing I would say is fan service, which wasn't terrible, which is, you it's one of those blink if you miss it things is the uh, two guys from the bar on Tatooine. Oh, yeah. I like that. That was just like, that's like hey, <laughs> I, I know those that. guys. Hey, you're going to lose your arm in a couple of years. Enjoy. Yeah. In a few days. Shit, it is a few days. That's great. <laughs> right. Maybe it's, maybe it's not a few. It's, it's within like a month, I'd say. I don't know. He's never going to be able to scratch his back properly for the rest of his life. Let's just sucks, dude. <laughs> you won't be able to enjoy a bowl of cereal on the couch because he won't have any way to hold it. Unless he has a TV tray. Why are we talking about this? Anyway. Um, <laughs> hey, I like cereal on the couch at night. It's, I, it's I was going to say, I feel like you just like, you just kind of like zoned off and just like Captain Crunch. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a cinnamon toast crunch, man. I'll have you know. Toast crunch is awesome. Oh yeah. Anyway. Um, Star Wars cereal? I don't know. I mean, that's how we kind of corner that in. It's like they mean, made about seven or eight different Star Wars cereals. So uh, the only one I know of for sure is, uh, for me, unfortunately, C three POs. Now with real dark or now with real <laughs> lightsabers. Now right. with midichlorians. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. What was it? Uh, oh no! Remember on, on robot, robot chicken? chicken? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Admiral Ackbar cereal. Admiral Ackbar cereal. It's a trap. <laughs> Um, they literally made that sketch because Brecken Meyer is good at saying it's a trap. <laughs> That's the only reason they did that. I love um, robot chicken. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Actually, I might watch since I've got to be up for a late night baby feeding. I might watch robot chicken star Wars for a while. Um, so anyway, one of the unfortunate things about this movie is that well, pretty much everyone that was introduced had to be killed off. <laughs> like they had to be like, you can't what are you going to do with these people if they live? I mean, here's a better you know question. I mean? I mean, like, yeah, they had to be killed off. I get that. And, you know, cause where were you going to place them or something like that? You might've been able to keep one or two of them, but I mean, it would have been awkward later on when they're just a passing by person kind of thing. Yeah. But name a bad character. Out of most of the major players, <clears throat> could you name a bad character out of all the ones that are there? Cause I sure say out of the new can. ones. Yeah. <coughs> I don't, I don't think I can. I love Saul Guerrero. He's Saul Guerrero is pretty interesting. He is, and and everybody around him is just absolutely bonkers crazy, and yeah. I love it. Absolutely love it, dude. I love the guerrilla warfare aspect of it. I think it that's great. Like if you know, if you're going to have this rebellion, or yeah, it's rebellion at this point, not resistance. If you're going to have this rebellion and everything like that, you're not everyone's going to get in line, and you're going to have somebody that goes off the rails, and it's like that's Saul Guerrero. He went off the rails. Oh, yeah. He wasn't completely. Wasn't in line with what they wanted. He was more aggressive, more abusive, and that kind of like going down that rabbit hole. You can see the toll it's taken on him because they show him in a in a couple of the cartoons, and before he kind of goes way off the ranch, yeah. you know, and he's saying, and it's like so. It gives you know you'd have to take in that character development too with that movie, but Saw Greer and everything he's got is just like it's brutal and it's like it's somebody well, that's the thing. in the corner. Like I like you know outside of. Star Wars, like movies that I like, you know, 
I like gritty stuff. I like mafia movies. I like, you know, uh, stuff that's, you know, a lot of people would find hard to watch, but to me, it's, yeah. this is, this is not necessarily real life, but this is how, you know, a lot of this kind of underworld stuff actually is not that I'm involved in it personally, but there's a real sense of dread in this movie. There's an urgency and it's the fight to get this weapon to, to be destroyed is gritty. I mean, you're gonna, people are gonna die. People are gonna get, you know, blown up in spaceships or shot or whatever. Yeah. And it's, it's gonna happen. Um, it's the least, and granted there's only been three of them, but I feel like it's the least Disney of the Disney star Wars movies. No, that's true. Um, crap. I just lost his name. The guy that's with the uh, main droid. Oh man. Uh, I'd have to look it up, but I mean, and look at me. I just, I'm a terrible podcaster. I don't even know like, people's name anymore. I forgot but, too. And I had it all right there. And then you asked for it and I was like, damn it. I lost it. So he, um, he at one point in time was, sent to the to, he was, uh, he was sent to, you know, he was sent to kill uh generous father. And that's the kind of thing. It's like, that's where you get besides, you know, you have Saul who's kind of split off and he's whatever. Cashing. The the rebellion before that was, you know, was they you you got this really they don't do any wrong. They're the best ever. They're they only kill when they have to. And this is more like he's up there, he's kind of he's going back and forth with his orders, and he's pretty much hardcore to kill this guy. And he, you know, you see him kill a guy within the first fifteen yeah, what's that the right at the beginning movie? of the movie? Yeah, the beginning of the movie, and it's like it's more like you said, it's grittier, and it's it's a good gritty because it shows the rebellion as, hey man, we're gonna kill people if we got to, you know, and right. maybe if we don't even really have to, we might do it because it's a little easier time, and it's and if it's a if good you, it's a good feel for it. You know, if you look at the rebellion versus the the empire, it's it's guerrilla warfare. That's what guerrilla warfare is. People, you know, spies kill people and. You know, they they hunt out, you know, people related to dignitaries or whatever, and they kill them. That's what happens. That's how these things go. And I think the fact that they're showing you stuff like that in this shows you, you know, it's not real. I'm well aware of it. As much as I love these movies, they're not real. But it, it shows you kind of like a real world kind of version of how the war against the Empire went. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's, it's realistically impossible in real world. Real, real war to make every good decision. Hence why friendly oh, fire right. is, a, is a phrase. And there's just bad things that happen like that. And the fact that you can't inject that into a, mo- a movie, you know, shows that it's not as realistic as it could be. And, yeah. and I think this just, it takes the veil off a little bit. And like I said, it undisneys it as much as right. this was a Disney movie to begin with. It undisneys it. Yeah, you're right. Um, one of the things I saw that people were griping about was they didn't like that that Vader was making jokes like the, the be sure, be sure not to choke on your aspirations or be sure to not choke on. However, he said that, you know what I'm talking about? When Krennic went to go visit him and had his badass volcano castle. Yeah. Um, I'm like, you know, a lot of, a lot of people hated that. Yeah. I'm Mustafar. Like a lot of people didn't like that, but I'm like, okay, when, where were you in a new hope when he's choking a guy while he says, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Or when Captain Nita goes to apologize to him on the Star Destroyer, and uh, as soon as like he chokes him out, you know, and, and kills the guy, he says apology accepted. <laughs> that's funny, dude. That's funny. <laughs> but 
but him saying, be sure not to choke on your aspirations while he's forced choking a dude that's, that's drawn, that's crossing a line. How's that crossing a line? Well, the, and like we could do an entire, entire segment on this idea, but toxic fandoms. And that's what, ha- that's what's starting to happen with Star Wars. Oh, you're right. it's, you're create, absolutely right. They see it as uh they see it as lore. They almost see it as gospel. And it's like, if you don't write the gospel the way that they think you should, or you go against a cardinal rule that they've created in their minds, they turn against you fast as crap and they get really, really evil about it. Yeah. Like you said, Reddit is a Reddit is a toxic place at times, and <laughs> that's where things go to get even more toxic. You're right. And um the other thing is is and I've been saying this to people. So just to let's let's wrap up Rogue One real quick. Okay. One of the one of the very few things I really don't like about it is the CG Tarkin because he looks stretchy and rubby. He looks like a stretch Armstrong. Like I could like stretch his face out because it looks like a, just a piece of rubber. Just say, CG characters is like it's rough, dude. It's hard. It's it works better as like um Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, cartoony stuff, stuff like right, that. Right. That's where CG characters shine. Recreating people or making people look younger at times yeah. it can be yeah, just non-starter. Yeah, Peter Cushing hasn't been with us for a long time, so it's kind of hard to <laughs> to do that. Um Outside of that, man, it's I love the last two minutes of that movie. Um, I love the space battle. Um, oh, yeah, favorite scene where he's just wrecking house. Yeah, that's the last two minutes I'm talking about, dude. That whole where he's just murdering everybody, catching that blaster bolt and throwing it back, and putting that one guy up against the ceiling, and then just slicing him in half. <laughs> just all and the, the, those guys were seriously just panicking, like, "Well, we're going to die here, so let's get these plans out of here." And then you get to see the. The absolute lack of a better word, dude. The absolute balls on Princess Leia in oh, episode yeah. four to to say no. I don't have any stolen plans. I'm a I'm a senator. I'm, I'm running an errand for the Senate or whatever she's doing. Yeah. He's like, no. I just watched you leave this space battle where you stole the the plans to the Death Star. No, I didn't. <laughs> no. <Nuh-uh. laughs> but yeah, that's that's one of the things I love about the transition of this movie into a new hope. Yeah. Anyway, one of, one of the things I love about the movie overall is it's kind of like they took the, um, except for a few scenes, they like you know, they kind of like just took the, they flipped the Jedi switch or something. That's yeah. the best way I can put it. I mean, there's references to it, and definitely there's scenes with, scenes with Vader, but there's nothing like until that very end. The Jedi switch, you know, as soon as he comes out swinging, you know, going crazy, that Jedi switch is flipped back on before that. It was like, you realize there can be a star Wars universe without focus on the Jedi. You realize that right. the Jedi don't have to, and not only the Jedi, but well, that's, the entire Skywalker, you know, crew doesn't have to be the focus of everything. And there's, there is many, many more characters to focus on and many more kind of areas to go with. Well, and this is like, 20 years or so after episode three. So all of that lore, like the empire was suppressing and anybody who was force sensitive was being killed. So nobody even probably even wants to talk about it except for, um, Oh man. Uh, uh, crap. Are you talking about Jared Emway and, um, his buddy that was watching out for him, whose name I can't remember either. The big guy with like the, the badass backpack gun. Um, cheer it and the other guy whose name Bass I can't remember. Is that how you say it? I don't know, man. 
It sounds like bass muscles. Anyway, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's only because Chirrut is, I think his backstory, he's a guardian of the wills, which he's one of the guys who used to guard the temple, which the wills, here's some nerdism for you. The wills are the original name for the Jedi, which got turned into like the ancestors of the Jedi. Once he came up with a different name for him, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's, I mean, there's no foreign sensitive people out there except for Vader and unbeknownst to everyone else, Obi-Wan Kenobi who's hiding on another planet and Luke Skywalker. And Yoda's out there too. Not in this movie <laughs> is what I guess I'm getting at. Yeah. I mean, they definitely did that. And I'm just looking at this and it's like, I like the casting overall. I like all the characters. I just, there's nobody I don't like. I mean, dude, Alan, uh, Alan Tudyk as K2SO was great. Alan Tudyk's good in anything he ever does. Uh, he, he is amazing. He's Steve the Pirate. Yeah, I was Steve the Pirate. He also uh, he did a show that was a, a short-lived show that was on ABC that was called uh, Oh shit, Powerless, and it was okay. a, based on a DC comic where you know it was about it was a side story about these people who lived in a world of superheroes but had zero powers. <laughs> he played Bruce Wayne's cousin. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, like. He does. He does. He does no wrong. He does no wrong at all. No, he's good, man. I, and it's one of those ones where, like, you can you can hear something animated, and you can kind of pick. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And you look him up. Oh yeah, Alan Tudyk. Of course it is. Him and there's like four other people that make like every voice ever, and they're the best in the business. And like uh, John DiMaggio, the dude that does Bender. John DiMaggio is the best. He's he's everywhere, dude. <laughs> Well, uh, he does. Um, he did a documentary called "I Know That Voice," mm-hmm. where he got all his friends together and did that. Yeah. It. It's a really good documentary. Yeah, no, that's one to watch. I was like, man, I want to be a voice actor. It's too bad I'm not talented. Oh well, I had talent once. <laughs> yeah, what that's why I'm now? doing a podcast. I don't have talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I got a Joe job with a name tag. Right. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, so Rogue One is <laughs> four out of nine, probably Ooh. just edging out uh, Return of the Jedi for me. And the only reason, the only reason Return of the Jedi is not number four is because I I couldn't bring it, I couldn't bring myself to put an original trilogy movie outside of the top three. Yeah, it's just sacred. It's I just couldn't do it. I don't I don't think I don't think anything will just because of how it is. I don't think anything will crack the top three. No, it's it's always and forever. I mean, they would have to do some pretty amazing stuff in the future movies to make me want to change that. Yeah, and they, I mean, the way they keep going on about that side project Han Solo movie, I don't even know what to think of that. So Definitely never that, um, because I'm I'm constantly hearing, not that I know plot points or anything, but I'm, there's things that are constantly changing, and um, I think there's. Oh man, I think there's been reshoots already, and all kinds of weird stuff going on. Like I'm not, I'm gonna go see it. I'm going to go see it, but I don't know what to think about it just yet. <laughs> I guess I'll have to watch it. And I'm not sure that I like anybody other than Harrison Ford playing Han Solo. That might be my biggest problem. That's, that's, that's kind of like it, when you're, when you're doing casting for that, you're going young Harrison Ford, you got to go looks, you got to go demeanor. You got to go attitude. You got to go every, he's got to be able to deliver lines like, Harrison Ford as Han Solo. You know what I mean? The one thing I hope they really show in um, in the Han Solo movie is how 
he and Chewie got hooked up. And I'm wondering if they're going to keep the reason that they're still like, you know, uh, partners in this is, is that Han owes or Chewie owes Han a life debt, which is something that I read somewhere that like, you know, Han say, I can't remember the details behind it, but Han saved Chewie's life or something. So Chewie owes him a life debt. So that's why he's always with Han Solo. That makes sense. And I'm wondering what that could be because Chewie is actually a badass. <laughs> yeah, I would wonder too. Um, wow, that that puts if it's a life debt, that puts a little more um, that puts a little more uh, terribleness into uh, the Force Awakens because he yes, yeah, he got yes, there. That so, was the first thing I thought. Like as soon as like even before they showed Chewie reacting to that. As soon as you saw that lightsaber go through Han Solo, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen that movie by now, it, you shouldn't be even be listening to this podcast. Um, exactly. As soon as that movie, that that lightsaber goes through him, I was like, oh, poor Chewie. <laughs> and then he shot Ben Solo in the, in the hip. What's funny is, is it, oh, well, I'm not, I'll go on. I'll, I'll hold that for later. But, um, Going to the Han Solo project, supposedly Ewan McGregor is um is throwing out there that he wants to do more Star Wars thing. Yes, and I've read that, and and I've read a lot of different tie-ins that could possibly put Ewan McGregor as Ben Kenobi, meeting Chewbacca, maybe not Han Solo, but Chewbacca in the in that uh in that, that makes sense. Movie. That doesn't make sense. Doesn't that make sense? I just I don't think it makes it like then how then how does Chewie not introduce Obi-Wan to Han as hey I know this guy we should give him a ride to Alderaan if it's there it, it just doesn't make that then that just kind of makes the cantina scene not make sense why did he talk to all these other pilots before he talked to Chewbacca if he um, could have just you know picked up his his Star Wars cell phone and said hey Chewie text Chewie you up that's a good point and I don't I don't remember if somebody whatever was reading glossed over that or not but I, I, what I actually, do think what they did say was, uh, the part where he's talking about the cantina where they're actually him and Chewie are kind of talking for a minute and that's who he initially talks to is Chewie so I mean maybe, so maybe that's just the very, out. very end of the movie is him talking to Obi-Wan yeah that makes that almost makes it work, but if it's like you know they're buddies through like the whole beginning of the movie or something, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, no, it would have to be it'd have to be a chance cross, uh, just kind of a. It would have to be like, like the very end of. It would have to be Chewie bumping into Obi Wan at the very end of the movie. Well, not in the very end of the movie, it just it'd have to be short and sweet. It would have to be something where it's. No, it like, would have to be at the end of the movie because that's when you are introduced to Chewbacca and Han Solo is in Episode Four. That's what I'm saying. He would, at the end of the Han Solo movie would have to be Chewie and Han Solo in, being introduced to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay, I was thinking a little That's bit That's what I'm saying. Where Obi-Wan Kenobi comes in at some point in time and just kind of crosses paths with them, but it's not memorable <laughs> enough for them to actually... Yeah, that, that's a guy with a lightsaber. And, you know, yeah. It's he, just, he, <laughs> he just walks across the screen. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know I'm, I'm curious to see what that movie is <laughs> yeah i just want to see that <laughs> he just like kind of like photo bombs it just walks hello there just keeps i walking. am ewan mcgregor 
<laughs> I mean, I am Ben Kenobi. Okay. <laughs> um, what I, I, so there's going to be a third anthology movie after this one. Um, but look, I don't. It, I think it, is it still up in the air? Is it going to be an Obi Wan movie? Because I heard that Owen McGregor wanted to come back and do that. Or is it going to be a Boba Fett movie? I don't. I, I still think all that's kind of just out there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't think. I think they're going to marvel the shit out of this because they are Marvel. So I mean, I am. I think they're going to do whatever the hell they want. If, so I it's mean, they, have, they can go any which way, and, and I know they've already promised. Um, they already promised. Uh, what's his name? Um, Ryan Johnson, a whole set of films to himself. Yes, um, and that's going to be one of two things that I read. Granted, this is internet rumor, so take it as that. It's either going to be. I hope it's one and not the other. If it's going to be either one of these, one of them is either going to be Old Republic. So before, you know, the Jedi and all that, yeah, which would be really interesting because the rules for the Sith would be changed. Um, it's not just the rule of two. I mean, they've got like entire armies and things like that. And it's a lot of good versus evil lightsaber battles and things like that. I thought um, you said armies, not armies. I was like, oh, oh God, a lot of armies. Yeah. Okay. Arby's is pretty evil, dude. I mean, oh, yeah. You ever have that after you leave the bar? It's it's a bad night. No, no um, uh, I got Taco Bell. That's my uh, Achilles heel. <laughs> um, so there's that. Oh, and the other one was like a story that takes place on like planets that we haven't been to and worlds that we haven't been to on the entire other side of the galaxy, which to me doesn't make sense because they're all over the galaxy anyway. Yeah. So I hope it's the Old Republic stuff. Um, so we can kind of see some of that fleshed out and see some of the legends of the Jedi and all this kind of stuff. I think, um, I, mean, I think that's where you have one, you have a lot more room. Yes. And, two, and you have a lot more material. Yeah. More material. And it leads for tie-ins to the stuff that's already there. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. get to see, you get to see like Darth Bane or, um, you know, any of the other stuff that's already happened that maybe there's mention of in what's now legends, what used to be Canon that got wiped out when Disney bought it. So they can take some of those ideas that are in there and say, Oh, we're going to pluck out this and this and this and make a movie out of it. And yeah. then morph that into the next movie or whatever. Um, I think that makes way more sense than just, okay, we're going to do some stuff on the other side of the galaxy that nobody cares about. So with that being said though, what I, I think what I would want them to avoid more than anything is maybe you could, maybe you could solve a couple of the plot points of, you know, the prequels, maybe, you know, like the only plot point I think you, you could touch on there is maybe the Sith, you know, mm -hmm. but not really too much, you know, maybe Darth Plagueis and Anakin's creation. But other than that, I don't want it to be, I don't even know what you'd say there, negative one, two, and three. I don't want it to be prequels to prequels. I want it to no, be its own it, thing. It would need to be like, I don't know, 100, 500 years before episode one. Like that yeah. far back is what what old republic. If if I'm remembering the timeline correctly, that's what the old I'm republic era like, is. Yeah, I don't want them to come up and say, "Oh, 500 years ago," and then they start going. It's like, yeah, this is um, John Kenobi. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, as many Star Wars names as they're out there, I couldn't think of something weird to say. I said John. Juan Kenobi. J U A N Kenobi. J U N Juan Kenobi. <laughs> But I don't want I don't want some other I don't want some like predecessor Kenobi to come around. Now, 
if you do it four, 500 years before time and you want to say throw out young Yoda, that's a little more interesting. Yeah, but to me, that's a, that's not a saga film. That's a that's a anthology film. That's like a Rogue One to have some some Yoda backstory. You know what I mean? Well, I'm saying like more like what I was talking about before. Like, um, so say if they're following whatever things like that, you just you walk through a room. They have a scene where you walk through a room full of younglings, and this is like probably when Yoda was like maybe like say let's say say yeah. infantile years, and he's you just see a little green youngling, you know, with the ba- blaster helmet on, knocking something yeah. around. Something like that, you know, but something something that's not him embedded as a big character, but something as a as a passing thing, right? Like, you know, or you see him as an older Jedi just coming walking through the room, but not like not connecting. And that's what I'm saying. It's like you know, keeping it keeping it showing it's the same universe, but not like just hammering the stories together. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't want them to butt up against each other, but because it just I don't want to just keep going backwards. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. There's I'm, I'm looking at this this now. So where, where where did it say? The fall of the old republic is one thousand thirty-six years before episode four. Yeah. That's going way back. So I don't know. I think, and that's just the fall of the old republic. I don't I don't I don't see on here where it was formed. But like there's a Sith Empire, there's there's a Mandalorian Jedi War. That'd be fun to watch. Oh dude, I know exactly which one I'd want to do. Hmm. Um, the first, uh, the Mandalorian Jedi. Yeah. Which is f- between 5,000 and 3,966 years before episode four. Yeah. Cause they, I mean, they've, way touched back, that, they've touched on that in two different, um, cl- cartoons, uh, clone wars and then rebels and rebels. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that the origin of the black lightsaber and going through that whole thing was like, that would be, that would be something that'd be cool. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Anyway, there's a whole lot of stuff they can do. I guess, well, with episode nine wrapping up this trilogy coming out in next year, 2019, maybe before that comes out, we'll actually get an idea of what the next trilogy is going to be. The next saga trilogy. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay if it's not, it has nothing to do with Skywalkers. It shouldn't. That's the thing. That's the thing, and this I'm sure we'll get into this when we talk about episode eight. But like, you know, people are upset that Ray is not a Skywalker or a Kenobi or a Palpatine or a, a an, any or, a, or a related to Qui Gon or Jyn Erso or whoever the hell. She doesn't have to be. It's a galaxy. It's a galaxy. Okay, yeah. this is not <laughs> this is not a suburb. You know, outside of a, a city where everybody knows each other. No. It's an entire galaxy. Not everybody has to be related. Not everybody that's force sensitive has to be bloodline to somebody. Yeah. And have other people I mean, come on. It's it's an entire galaxy. The point's been made that you know that Jedi in in their purest form, Jedi don't marry, Jedi aren't supposed to have kids. So the fact that there is a Jedi lineage of any kind was not something right. that was common by any means. So I mean, yeah, you do need to show that Jedi can just pop up everywhere. And that's why I mean I, I don't know if you're going to watch the Rebels cartoon at all. Do you have plans to? I've seen some of it. Okay. Well, I mean, it's not a, too big of a spoiler, but there are two Jedi in there. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, and they, they've just, actually, I was hearing this today. They just said that this last fourth season will be the end of it. Mm-hmm. I'm really wanting to figure out what happens to them. And if they show up, if they were to show up, maybe not in episode nine, but to show up in older 
as older people are as because he one of them uh, the kid would probably be Luke's age. So mm-hmm. if he was to show up and you know kind of come up out of nowhere in the next trilogy of movies as just somebody that's kind of there as a Jedi leader or you know master or whatever, that would be interesting. And just have I, go from I can't there. I can't see them adding too much of the animated stuff into a, a live action movie. I'll, I'll I will say that I would love to see a uh, an Ahsoka Tano movie. Ahsoka Tano, a whole gray Jedi kind of movie would be. That's what I like. That's what I'm into, and that's what I hope they're going to. To where you can like kind of tap into the light and the dark as you see fit, as you need to use it. Yeah. I think is interesting as hell. Oh, uh, to your point of um, them transferring over. So in Rogue One, in that battle, there is a there is a short mention made to Captain Syndulla. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is the captain of the ghost in that cartoon. So, and that would be right about the time that you know. Because, I mean, it does fit in as a subplot story. So, I mean, I don't – that's the thing. I don't know if they want to do that. And and once again, it, the next one is in the hands of J.P. Abrams. So, it's – who knows what it might do. And that was – oh, man. There was something I'd said on – I made the mistake of commenting on a Reddit post after Episode 8 came out. <laughs> don't comment on Reddit. And I said, I said something along the lines of, look, it – the, the the point I was trying to make is a puzzle looks funny when you only have two-thirds of the pieces. What I was saying is that we don't know where this is heading. It This movie may wake... Grant, I loved it. I loved episode eight. But the movie may make more sense after episode nine comes out. And people took that as, oh, so you think it's up to... JJ has to get in there and fix it now? Is that what you're saying? I'm like, no. No, what I'm saying is that this, what I'm saying is the story is not finished yet. It's not finished yet. Don't hear me say that JJ fixes it because I like Ryan Johnson's movie better than I like JJ Abrams' movie. That's just me. JJ's not the savior of of Star Wars. Uh, no, I'm gonna use the name the savior of Star Trek. So there you go. Wow, I almost I almost spit up beer. Oh, I agree well, with you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, well, what, I mean, as being a Star Trek fan and everything like that, not I, so much. I, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think it needs to need a saving and there's way too much Beastie Boys music and a sci-fi movie. <laughs> you know what? That is, um, so I would love to do this as a future podcast with you and our, our third guy uh, to do our yeah. top. Third guy? We, we have a third guy. He's <laughs> we have a third guy. He pops up every once in a while when we have food. Um, but uh, I would love to do a top and bottom three movies of everybody. Like, what's your favorite three movies, and what's your absolute least three favorite movies? Um, my least favorite movie ever is ruined, not entirely by the soundtrack, but I'd say it's about a third of the problem I have with that movie. Um, a Night's Tale. <laughs> I hate that movie. I hate it so bad. I, it makes me mad. Well, like, I get upset when it comes on. And part of that is the music. That I don't need Queen in, in <laughs> no, that movie at all. I haven't Why seen the movie. It? I know what you're talking about the whole time because somebody <laughs> told me that. I was like, I'm not watching that movie. That's terrible. <laughs> That's, oh. Well, oh, man. No, we I should probably it. save I that for. So bad. We should probably save that for next time, though, but. 
Well, we've got we've got two more Star Wars podcasts to do. Yeah. And once we get into actual movies, we'll uh that's that's a podcast I'd love to do with you guys. It's our top three favorite movies and our and our bottom three movies, our least three favorite movies. Yeah. We are we we already gave the ranking of a solid four on Rogue One. Yeah, Rogue One solid four. Yeah. So I think that wraps it up. So we even hit a little bit of Han Solo movies. So yeah, we talked about some expanded universe and some future of Star Wars, which I'm sure we'll get into again later. But yeah. that's I think that wraps this one up. Unless you got anything else to say that's interesting. I don't think I have anything to say interesting at all. That's once again why I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, friend. Touche. Okay. <laughs> all right. So next time I think we are planning on talking about the original trilogy plus uh, the Force Awakens episode seven, right? Part of me wants to throw it up and go original trilogy and Christmas special. Justin, I've seen exactly like half of that. Like I've <laughs> I've seen like I remember the B Arthur part. Um, I'll try to watch it. I don't remember the B Arthur part at all. <laughs> oh man, uh, the one part of that Christmas special that is at all watchable and it's really not even that good as the Boba Fett cartoon where he's writing that like sea monster thing. So yeah. Um, just to go off on a limb there a little bit, I guess I didn't, cause I didn't, I probably didn't it was probably on before I was born. I'm thinking about the right time. He was, uh, that was before, uh, empire. Yeah, it was before empire. So yeah. you don't even know who the hell. Right. That was the introduction of Boba Fett. Yeah. And then he shows up and empire strikes back. Yeah. Yeah. Or we can talk about the Ewok movies. Totally. I was totally thinking of the Ewok movie because I've seen that a couple times. <laughs> There's two of them. Was there really two of them? There's two of them. I, I promise. Them. All right. No, I say, I say you're right. We can, we can do the Ewok movies in a side thing, but yeah, four, five, six, <laughs> and then hit up some seven and then give Last Jedi its due of an entire podcast. Let's get after it, my man. All right. Well, that was our podcast. Go have another 40 and we'll see you next time. Later. Bye.